Grace, mercy, and peace be yours in the name of God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The section of the Bible which will serve as a basis for this All Saints Day sermon is our epistle lesson for today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where we hear these words from the Apostle Paul. Comfort one another with these words. Dear friends of Christ, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, there is a famous section that talks about the fact that there is a time and there is a season for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born, we are told, and there is a time to die. And following that, of course, it means that there is also, as it tells us, a time to weep and there is a time to mourn. This is something that even Jesus Christ himself knew. Perhaps you know the shortest verse in all the Bible. It's in John chapter 11, verse 35. That shortest verse is, Jesus wept. What had happened is his friend Lazarus had died. And the people there that saw Jesus weeping, they knew what those tears meant. They said, see how he loved him. Jesus had lost a loved one and experienced the pain that comes with that, and he cried. Now, I need not ask you, those of you who have lived here for a while, if this is something that you have ever done, specifically that you have shed tears because you know the pain of losing somebody that you love dearly. Indeed, there truly is a time and there is a season for every activity under heaven. Now, today is All Saints Day. It's a day that we come together as God's people and we ponder the victory that Jesus Christ has won for those who have gone before us through faith in him unto heaven. And so we're going to have a theme for ourselves here this morning in the Lord's house. Our theme is going to be Christian mourning. That is not mourning, say, when the sun comes up, but that mourning, that process we do when somebody we love has, as it said, fallen asleep in the Lord. We're going to ask the questions, how is it that a Christian mourns that is different than everyone else in the world? And then we're going to ask, what do we say to somebody when they're in a time of mourning? Now, thankfully, what we say in a time of death also very closely relates to the specific way that Christians mourn. After all, what is it that we say at the beginning of a funeral? What is the very last thing that we say when we are at the cemetery? Do you know? It's Alleluia. Christ is risen. Oh, that was sad. We can do better. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That's the only way to say those words right there. And I would tell you with those words, we begin to understand the proper way that is the Christian way to mourn. We mourn with hope in a Lord in Jesus Christ who has died for our sins and has risen again from the dead. And with that comes a knowledge and a hope of victory for those who have gone before us and a glorious reunion in heaven for us. 
Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, one more time. It says, brothers, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who fall asleep or to grieve, that is, to mourn like the rest of people, it says, who have no hope. Paul is saying this, that how we mourn as Christian men and women is different than how everyone else in the world does it. Because we mourn with hope. A hope and a peace that is based on something. That because of what Jesus Christ has done, our loved one is alive and in perfect joy and bliss, and we will get to see our loved one again through that same faith in Jesus Christ. Because he tells us why. He says, we don't mourn like the rest of people who have no hope. And the next words in verse 14 tell us why. It says, for we believe this, that Jesus died and he rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And then he gets to the end of this section. And you know what he says? He tells us to do something. He says, comfort one another with these words. Here's what you do. You comfort one another with these words. Not comforting one another by telling one another just how our loved one who passed is the most awesome person who has ever walked the face of the earth, but to comfort one another by telling one another how awesome his Savior is, who has died and rose again to forgive every sin and open up heaven. Comfort one another with these words. Christian mourning is unique. It's different. We mourn with real hope because of what Jesus has done. It's that simple. It doesn't get any more basic than that. Hope has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. I mean, after all, is your loved one going to heaven or are you going to heaven because of how awesome he was or how awesome you are? Or is it because simply that God loves you and your loved one and so has laid down his life to forgive every sin that we are pardoned before God? Or is it simply then also that Jesus rose who are we trusting in? We're trusting in the one who then went to the tomb of his friend Lazarus and actually had a stone rolled away and said, Lazarus, come out. And he did. <laughs> I love it. And he did. He is the Lord of all life. The one who went up to Jairus' daughter who had fallen asleep. That is, she had passed and just said, little girl, I say to you, get up. And she did. This is the Lord of life. As, as Peter said on Pentecost, speaking of the time that Jesus himself rose, I quote him, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, and so Jesus himself can make the promise. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he die. And when you do believe, you have exactly what those words promise. Life, even when we die. Oh, Christians mourn differently, don't we? 
We mourn with the knowledge, the hope, and peace of eternal life won for us in Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have, and I've always loved this, he uses it twice in this section, fallen asleep in him. He doesn't say die. He says fallen asleep in him. You go to bed, what do you do in the morning? You wake up. When you die in Jesus Christ, what do you do? You wake up unto the great joys of being in God's presence where there is no more crying or mourning or pain. In other words, we dread our bed, not at all, in the same way when it comes to death in Christ. We look forward to the joy of life itself. Now contrast that then. We are told by the Apostle Paul, comfort one another with these words, but contrast that. What is it like without Christ? Well, people often mouth the words. They might say to someone who's mourning, well, he's in a better place now, but the person says it not because they mean it, they just say it because, you know, that's just what you're supposed to say as opposed to a Christian who has the certain hope of those words, and we know why we say it. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia. We have a reason to speak those words, and we mean it when we say it. We mean it. We know why. Take a funeral without Christ. One of the worst funerals I think I've ever seen is a funeral where everybody just had to be happy. It was one joke after another, clapping, cheering. The whole thing just had to be a big old laugh fest. I would tell you it was denial of sadness. A denial that was caused by the reality that death was too much to bear without Jesus and the hope that is in him. Because without Jesus, what do you have? You just got to distract yourself. It maybe have five minutes of trying to choke out some laughs. There's no opportunity to mourn. There is the funeral without Jesus, and I've already alluded to it. That is, we're going to talk about how this person is seriously the greatest person who has ever walked the face of the earth. And sometimes as family and friends, we know a lot better than that because we know all the good and the bad as family and friends, don't we? We know it all. Now, I'm not saying you air out the laundry. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not it. But what I'm saying is that you have to go that route if you don't have Jesus who died for our sins. That's why we have hope. And rose again. That's why we have life. And we have someone to talk about. Listen to what Paul said one more time. Comfort one another with these words. It doesn't even say cheer someone up. It says comfort, which goes so much deeper than just a smile for a moment. There's something in the reality of Jesus. 
Now, I do want to tell you something else. I want to tell you what these words don't mean. None of this means that the Christian will be happy. The sting of death is felt keenly by those who are alive. Remember, Jesus himself wept, and we should too. There is a time and season for everything under heaven, including a time to mourn. And that's a good thing. Sometimes Christians have this thought, and it causes this undue guilt. My loved one is in heaven, and so I should be what? Happy. No, that is not what scripture says. There is nothing in there that says, she or he is in heaven, so I should be happy. That is Satan twisting God's truth. It's a recipe for guilt. Because if we're honest, what are we feeling? I'm not happy. I'm miserable. She might be in the best place right now, but there are times when I feel like the best place is to be right here with me. I'm not happy. The Bible does not say we do not mourn. That's not the verse, is it? It doesn't say we do not mourn. It doesn't say rejoice because your loved one is away from you. It simply says we do not mourn as those who have no hope that is without Jesus. That the way that a Christian mourns is simply to say that even in our time of sadness, even in the time of darkness, even when we have tears in our eyes, in those tears is Jesus and the hope that we will see our loved one again. In other words, hope and mourning are not exclusive of one another. Absolutely not. The biblical answer is to mourn and at the same time have all the hope in the world in Jesus Christ. You can be angry and have hope in Jesus Christ. You can be bitter and still have the hope of knowing that you're going to see your loved one again. You can feel totally depressed and may feel like doing absolutely nothing at all and still believe in Jesus Christ. You can go through days where you feel like you're in a fog where things just aren't right and still have hope because Jesus Christ died and rose again. When you're in those moments, what are you doing? You're mourning. And that's okay. That can be good. Jesus wept. There's a time and season for everything under heaven. And we as Christians, we mourn. But we do it with hope. In our tears is Jesus. And the reality that he has died and risen for us all. Which brings us to the last question here for today. What do you say to someone who has lost a loved one? We all want to say something. A lot of times we want to say the perfect something. And sometimes we don't have the words. Well, I suggest that God has given us the words, comfort one another with these words, that Jesus has died and risen again, but then I'm going to suggest there's something more. It's not what you say, it's what you do. And that means to love that person and simply be present. I was reading a story of a woman, Christian woman, mourning the loss of her 
husband of eight years, young woman, young man, military situation. And she was writing about how she was distraught, and sometimes there were people she thought that actually avoided her because they actually didn't know what to say. People would kind of walk away, and she wrote, this is what she said, she said, I don't know what they expected me to do, maybe collapse in a sobbing heap at their feet and, and like say, please explain life to me, tell me how to stop the pain, tell me what it means. She said, I never expected that. I never expected any great words of wisdom that were going to make the pain go away. I know my husband's with the Lord, and I know I'll see him again one day. But I just wanted to know that I wasn't alone, and I had someone to listen when I felt like talking. And she said the very best thing was when a friend came up to her and just said, I have no words, I don't know what to say to you. That was the best. She said, oddly enough, that was comforting to me in its sheer honesty, and she was the one who stayed with me. Mm. That's love. Be with the person. You don't need to worry about what to say when God has given us what to comfort people with, the reality in Jesus Christ, and then after that, you match that with simply being with the person. Comfort one another with these words, and I might add, and that action. And so I'll leave you with this. Christian mourning is a good thing. Enjoyable? No. But good? Yes. If we allow ourselves to do it, and we allow others to do it. There is a time and there is a season for every activity under heaven, including on All Saints Day, we remember this one. That we grieve, we mourn, we really do. We just don't do it like the rest of people who have no hope. We do it as Christians. Because <laughs> what do we believe? We believe Jesus died and rose again. It's that simple. Isn't that what we teach our kids? Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. I pray you comfort one another with these words now and always in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'll add one last thing. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.